You're listening to episode 44 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and I'm pretty excited about today because we're going to be talking about surviving and actually thriving during the holiday season. Because this is a huge one. I get asked about this so much, especially this time of year. And I know it's tough. We we sort of build up the holidays all year long as this time when there's, you know, overindulging and, and all kinds of parties and all of these things that don't necessarily happen the rest of the the rest of the year. And it can be tough to navigate, especially if you're trying to stay on track with your goals, if you're just trying to feel good, right? If if you don't want to feel stuffed after every turkey dinner. And let me tell you, if you have multiple turkey to go dinners to go to like days in a row, whether it's for Thanksgiving or Christmas or for any other holiday that, that you might be celebrating that's a heavier meal in general, especially if you have multiple ones, that is tricky. That can be really, really tough. So we are not just going to survive the holiday season. You are actually going to be able to thrive throughout the holiday season. And we're going to get into all of that. Um, but first, I just want to let you know, I have opened up some new spots here in November, if you're listening to this in real time, to chat with you for 30 minutes, totally free to help you come up with some strategies around navigating this. So this would all be specific to you. It's just you and me chatting. Um, So I'm going to make sure to link up to my calendar in the show notes so that you can jump over there and book your spot. I did just open up some brand new uh, spots for you. So there are some new ones open, but there are still really limited spots. I already have had a bunch of spots fill up this week. Um, so I have a handful left for this week and then some into next week as well. So let's get into this surviving and thriving <laughs> during the holiday season. Um, I tend to look at this from a few different angles. So it, it comes down to self-care and then physical and emotional care as well. Like this all is very interconnected. It all really plays a role. The first thing that I want to address right off the bat is to enjoy it. That's so important. I don't want you to be stressing over this. I want you to be able to actually relax, enjoy being with your family, with your loved ones, with your friends, actually enjoy the process. Like this is why people get excited about this time of year, right? It's special. There's something magical about it, especially if you live where there's maybe a little bit of sprinkling of snow on the ground (laughs) and it's just a really magical time. So there's lots to appreciate. There's lots to enjoy about it. And even if you're just looking forward to that particular dessert that uh, maybe your your grandma brings or something like that, you only get it once a year. Awesome. Enjoy it. Like do the best you can when it comes to food and and stack up your plate with protein and vegetables. That's going to be really important. But I want you to enjoy the process. So if you're having alcohol, one thing that I do advise is to limit desserts then. And vice versa. If you want to have more desserts, which I'm much more about the desserts than I am about the drinks, then I just don't really have anything to drink. So again, everything in moderation, but if you're going to have more of one, I would limit the other, at least to to a degree. It doesn't mean you have to 
you know, completely abstain from, from any of them, but just maybe if you're having more of one, then not quite as much of the other one when it comes to alcohol and desserts. And like I said, stack up your, your plate with protein and vegetables. So before you, you dive into the potatoes and, you know, the rolls, the bread, all that stuff, that stuff is all great, but make sure that you are piling up the protein and vegetables first and, and then have a smaller portion of those other things you're honestly just going to feel better. And usually all that stuff tends to be the most delicious anyway. Not that, you know, the potatoes and stuff are always amazing. I'm not saying avoid them, but again, everything in moderation and you're probably just going to feel better, not as sleepy, um, have more energy at the end of the meal when you are making sure to get lots of protein, veggies, all that good stuff. It's lots of fiber. It's going to really satisfy you and, and keep you full. Um, the other thing that I always think about, and I still do this every time I go to a meal, I always think about how do I want to feel at the end of this meal? Because let's be honest here. No one likes the feeling of being stuffed and uncomfortable and sluggish and just wanting to take a nap after a meal. That's just not a great feeling. Like it, it, it almost actually takes away from the experience because if you're so bloated and uncomfortable and you feel like you can barely even move after a meal, you're not going to get to enjoy the after dinner festivities or conversations or whatever that looks like for you and, and, and your get together, your gathering, that's not a good time. So I often will almost make myself have a little flashback to times when I have definitely done that <laughs> and felt like total shit and think, do I actually want to feel like that? And I, I remember in those times when I have felt that way, I have consciously made a decision to remember it, like to carry that memory forward so that I remember how awful I feel and that I don't want to feel like that again. And it actually, it's very effective. I have to say it's actually really effective. It, it forces me to slow down a little bit when I'm eating, um, especially when, you know, your eyes are bigger than your stomach and you're looking at all this amazing food all over the table and, and how good it all looks. And I think to myself like, okay, I can always come back for seconds too. That's the other thing. So start with something small, not, not small, but start, start with like your first serving, I mean, and then eat that, savor it, enjoy it. Let it sit for a few minutes. And then if you're still hungry, then go back for seconds. So rather than having a massive, massive pile of food and then feeling like you have to finish it all, or if you have, you know, like family members egging you on to finish it all, which has happened in my family before, you you just start with with a portion that you're totally comfortable with. You're you know that you'll feel good eating that amount, and then even if that maybe looks like a little bit less than you would typically pile on at a holiday meal, because it's still going to be there. It's still there's probably still going to be all of those things will likely have leftovers at the end of the meal that you can go back and get more if you want. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a holiday dinner of any kind where there haven't been leftovers. Like there's, I can almost promise that there will be leftovers. That's what we all do, right? We all seem to make way too much food for all these things or way too many people bring food to these things. And there's still lots of food at the end of it to pack up and send home with everybody. So there's probably still going to be lots there for you to have seconds if you do want them. You'll just be able to have given yourself that opportunity to check in and see if you are actually hungry for it first. So that's, that can be really, really helpful when it comes to, to uh, enjoying the meal, but not overstuffing yourself. 
The other thing I want to address here is not to skip meals leading up to the big event. So if you have, say, a, a dinner to go to, don't, don't skip meals all day long in preparation for stuffing yourself at that big meal <laughs> or for somehow like offsetting or making up for ca calories that you're going to consume at, at the bigger meal. We, our bodies just don't really work like that overall. Because the problem is when the meal does roll around, if you've skipped all of the meals prior to that, you're going to be starving and you're not going to be able to be mindful about anything because you're just going to want to stuff all the food in your face right that moment. <laughs> so it makes it a lot harder to stay mindful. And frankly, it actually creates FOMO around food. Like that fear of missing out, you are definitely going to have that, that if you haven't eaten all day long, you're going to be like ravenous, pushing people out of the way to get to the table to load up your plate. And you probably aren't even going to taste it. You're just going to inhale the food at that point. And it, it's a mistake. I've tried that as well. And it's just not a good idea to skip meals. Just eat the rest of the day as you normally would. Because at the end of the day, food is just food. Food is just food. There is no good food. There is no bad food. I am not here to tell you don't have that piece of pie because... You're going to feel like crap afterwards. No, like it, that's not what this is about. This is about thriving throughout the holiday. So I want you to enjoy the entire experience. And that, and if that includes a piece of pie for you or, you know, some sampling, all kinds of delicious desserts or whatever that looks like for you, I want you to do that. Enjoy it. Just be mindful about it. That's the only part that I'm really stressing here is to be mindful about what you're consuming and to be careful about what you're consuming leading up to it in terms of don't skip meals, don't starve yourself leading up to a meal because you think that that's going to offset eating some desserts. You're, you're actually going to make it worse for yourself. So make sure that you're just eating like you normally would. Get lots of protein, lots of veggies throughout the day. Then when the meal rolls around, more protein and veggies. That's usually your safest and be your best call that is going to actually satisfy you and help reduce cravings. And then whenever you're ready for a dessert or glass of wine, whatever, go for it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the entire process. Move as often as possible. This is a really big one. Go for a post-meal walk, squeeze in an extra walk anywhere you can. Um, work out, sweat. You know, it's funny that I always find that the gym is the most dead in December. Overall, it's usually very slow in December, at least my gym. And to me, I actually tend to go even, I, I, I make a conscious effort to go more often sometimes in December, partly because I love when the gym is dead and <laughs> partly because not because I'm trying to, to burn any calories off or anything like that. That's not how we do things around here. Um, but just because I know that I just feel better when I move and when I have, you know, some big dinners and, and just some foods that maybe my body isn't quite as used to because I have, I have a handful of intolerances and, and sensitivities to certain foods that just don't make me feel great. So if I'm not in control of, of the cooking, there might just be some ingredients that just maybe don't make me feel fantastic, but I always feel better when I'm moving. So I go for walks every day, but working out really makes me feel good too. And that's a really, really important one. If you can, getting to the gym or just, you know, doing a quick workout. You can do a quick body weight circuit in your living room if you want. All of that helps. And it's also going to help digestion too. That's actually really important. That's the other big part of it. It helps motility. It keeps things moving through the digestive system and it's just going to make you feel a lot better. Plus 
you're sweating, it also is really helpful for the skin. So you can get that a beautiful glow before you go to, a, to your social gathering. <laughs> and hydrating is also super important. These two really go hand in hand. I actually take a reusable water bottle with me in the car whenever we're traveling anywhere because I have, I have family that is anywhere between one to like two and a half hours away. So I always take water with me in the car and I will usually, as soon as I get to wherever we're going, I'll grab a glass of water and I just kind of keep it in my hand and I just keep refilling it. And somebody actually made a great point about this. I don't remember who it was, but somebody pointed out to me that when you have a glass in your hand, whether it's, I mean, I suppose it could be alcohol or something, but in it, for me anyway, because I always have a glass of water, it, you only have two hands. So then if there's a dessert table or something like that, and you need to get a plate, for example, put desserts on a plate before you can eat it, you just conveniently don't have any hands left. <laughs> so that's a sneaky little trick, but mostly I just want you to drink more water. <laughs> Drinking more water is super key. Um, and again, it's going to really help with your digestion. A lot of times as well, we mistake hunger, we, sorry, we mistake thirst for hunger. So a lot of times we're actually super dehydrated, especially if you're in a colder climate, it is much easier to skip water once it gets colder. And I've actually been struggling with this lately. Ever since the temperature dropped, for some reason, it's, I, I hadn't even noticed it consciously, but I, I realized I was drinking a lot less water. So I've been having to up that a lot. And especially when you've got kind of these heavier meals and stuff as well, it's again, just gonna really, really help with digestion. You're gonna feel so much better if you're staying hydrated. That's super, super important. Sleep is the most crucial out of probably anything I'm gonna talk about here. Again, crucial for digestion. Very, very important. Also really important for cravings. If you are struggling with cravings, if you are having a hard time controlling yourself around the dessert table, sleep does play a big role in that. And if you are skipping out on sleep, you're going to have a really hard time stopping yourself from overindulging and just overeating in general, whether it's desserts or, or any other type of food. You are much more likely to seek out high fat, high sugar, high salt foods when you are sleep deprived. That's just the name of the game. That's the way it goes. Uh, sleep pay, plays such an important role and we really underestimate what it does for us. The other thing is too, is that the holidays are often a really stressful time. They really are. They can be just a really stressful time. I'm going to get into that in a moment. Um, but there's a lot going on. There are sometimes late nights, again, with all these social events, they often run later than we would normally be out. Um, there's a lot more of them. You know, there's all kinds of factors here, plus getting together with different uh, friends and family members and coordinating things and staying up late to wrap gifts or prepare food. All of these things can really add up and take a huge toll on us. And it is stressful. And one of the best ways that we can offset stress is with sleep. So whatever you can do to get to bed on time, to make sure that you're having good quality sleep, to set in place some sort of bedtime routine, ideally if you can get to bed around the same time-ish every night, uh, even more importantly, getting up at the same time every day is usually even better. It makes you feel less groggy as well. Um, and it's just super, super important. So sleep is really, really crucial for this whole process and just thriving throughout the holidays. I'm gonna take a little bit of a different term here uh, because one thing that I want to address is 
when family members will try to force you or guilt you into eating certain foods. <laughs> this comes up every year. I have experienced this myself. Um, and, and it's, it's all in a very loving way. Like, you know, grandma wants you to try her pie that she spent hours baking. It's, it's a big deal. I totally get it. There's, there's a few different things that, that we can do here. I've got a few suggestions for you. If someone is trying to force food upon you, some other things that you might hear, if you were trying to eat a particular way, um, I've heard people comment that, uh, I wasn't eating enough or make a comment that they, they felt I was eating too much. Or if I was eating, you know, a chocolate gluten filled cupcake, when this family member knew that I usually tried to avoid gluten because it didn't make me feel good. And I was getting all kinds of comments about that. <laughs> like people will always have something to say about the way we eat. I don't know why. I don't know why we all think that it's, you know, our, our business to comment on somebody else's food because the way we eat is very personal. And so many of us, you know, you're listening to this podcast right now, which means that you either are or at some point have struggled with the way that you eat, as just about everyone I talk to has at one point or another. So it is a very personal thing. We all know this. We've all likely felt this way at one point or another. And yet, so many times people will still comment on the way someone else eats. And we can't control somebody else. So all we can do is control our actions and the way we respond to it. So a few suggestions here. Let's say grandma or grandpa is trying to force feed you pie or cake or something like that. Or, you know, your third helping of, of turkey or whatever that looks like. One thing you can do is to you know, take a, take a few bites or a small portion, savor it, enjoy it, kind of like we talked about before. So if it's, you know, a specific dessert or something like that, and you haven't had any yet, have a couple bites, enjoy it. Like, you know, truly savor it. As long as it's something that you actually want to eat, don't just eat it for the sake of eating it. But if it looks good and you want to give it a shot, go for it. Have a few bites, enjoy the entire thing. The other thing you need to do is to keep your own needs in mind. And let them know that you feel better when you stick to your own style of eating, to your own way of eating. And, you know, it, I always say, like, if, if any family member or friend or anybody is going to give you a hard time in response to that, with you letting them know that you just genuinely feel better eating a particular way, and then they're still trying to force something upon you, that's really a reflection on them. And again, it doesn't mean that, that, you know, you, you'll love them any less or anything like that. It's just something to bear in mind because most people, if they hear that something just really doesn't make you feel well, they're going to back off. And because it doesn't have to be about like dieting or anything like that. Again, that's not what we're about here on, on the room to grow podcast, but I just want you to feel good. I want you to feel comfortable in your own skin and I want you to, to feel well. Like I want you to come out on the other side of the holidays feeling great, feeling confident and, and happy and good with your decisions and feeling good in your own body. And if you're eating all kinds of things out of a sense of guilt that somebody else is, is putting on you, you know, we have to take responsibility for that at some point, because again, like we can't control them. We can't control anyone else outside of ourselves, but we can control us. We can control 
our reactions and we can just very nicely let them know that, you know what, that particular food just doesn't make me feel good. And that should be more than enough to, to move on from the topic. Something else you can do, just tell them how much you love them and appreciate them. You know, let's go back to <laughs> grandma making your pie or, or making your, her dessert that took hours and hours. And it's a labor of love for that person. You know, we've, I, I think anyone who has maybe made like a really special meal or something like that, it is, it's a labor of love. Like you put a lot of yourself into it and you want people to enjoy it. That's, that's half the fun, right? Like if we just cooked and then we didn't eat it, nobody else ate it, that would kind of take the fun out of the process. We, the whole reason why we love food is we love to enjoy it. We love to see other people enjoy it as well. So if we look at it from that perspective and somebody who made a, a lovely dessert or, or a lovely meal or something like that, they're just, they, they have just poured themselves into that meal. And from that perspective, them really pushing you to have another bite, to, to enjoy it, you can just let them know how much you enjoyed it and how much you love them and how much you appreciate the effort that they put in. And again, that's, that's really what we're seeking a lot of times. When, when, when we're looking for that kind of um, appreciation, that, that's really what it means. It doesn't have to mean overindulging in the meal. It can just mean, you know what? I see you and I really appreciate all the effort that you put in and I love that you did this for us. That's amazing. Sometimes that's all people need to hear. And that's really cool, right? That's all we have to do. And the other thing I was going to suggest is honestly, take home a doggy bag if you really want it to. And then you don't have to eat it either. You know, if it'll make somebody feel that much better. And yes, I mean, we could get into food waste here and, and whatever. But the other thing is maybe you actually will enjoy it, but you just maybe will enjoy it tomorrow. Like you've already had enough to eat today, but hey, maybe you make a great treat tomorrow. Perfect. Take home a little doggy bag, <laughs> take it home with you and have it tomorrow or don't, you know, whatever, whatever your choice is, whatever feels good to you. But these are all options that you can use when you're in those types of situations. Now, I do want to cover what happens if you overeat, because sometimes that just happens, right? Sometimes it, it's just going to happen to us. So first, I want you to stop beating yourself up because I've, I've already said this. We have all been there. We have all been there. Take a minute to step back and look at, take a little bit more of a, a more clinical view. Like, did you get enough sleep? Did you drink enough water? Have you moved your body today? Did you eat enough protein and fiber earlier in the day or at that meal? Were you overly stressed for the meal or leading up to it? There's so many different factors here that can really, really impact how we eat. And a lot of times it can come down to kind of more emotional factors too. It's not even necessarily physical, but rather than giving yourself a hard time and feeling guilty and, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I, I swore to myself I wasn't going to overeat this time. Don't stress over that because when you stress yourself like that over and over again, you're actually going to make it even worse. You're probably going to continue to overeat at the next meal and the one after that because you're going to be basically haunting yourself with memories of the last time you overate, it's going to cause you more stress and more stress is probably going to cause you to overeat again. So 
take the guilt out of it. Pretend that you are, that you're talking to your best friend. I use this example with clients a lot. The way that we talk to ourselves, we would probably never in a million years consider speaking to our best friend that way. Ever. We, we probably wouldn't even speak to a stranger the way we, we speak to ourselves sometimes. We are by far our own worst critic. So if we can pay attention to that, if we can be aware of when that's starting to come through, we're really giving ourselves a hard time about the way we handled ourselves, the way we ate, whatever. Take a step back for a minute and really get clinical about it. Like, okay, what, what was it that led me to overeat? How was I feeling today? You know, all of these different factors, sleep, water, movement, stress, all of these things play a huge role. And a lot of times we're just solely relying on willpower, but willpower isn't enough. Willpower is not going to get us through. You already know that. You already know that willpower isn't going to get you through because willpower has failed you so many times. It's failed me so many times too. And until I figured out that willpower was not finite, that willpower was in muscle that needed to be stretched, I kept beating myself up because I thought it was just me. I thought it was my problem. I thought it was a willpower problem. I'm like, well, I just need more of it. <laughs> I just need more willpower. That's my only problem. I just need more willpower. It wasn't a willpower problem. It was an everything else problem. And it was never just one factor either. There were various factors. It, it was often a combination of stress, water, lack of sleep, lack of protein, you know, starving myself leading up to the meal and then, you know, being so hungry I couldn't control myself at the meal. There were so many different factors that came into play and I just kept throwing it all in willpower. Willpower can't handle all that. <laughs> willpower is not built to handle all that. That's not what it's there for. So we have to take all of the other factors into consideration first. And if you do overeat, it's okay. It's okay. Just take a, take a step back, take a look at what happened in that particular situation, and then you learn from it. And then you can move on and you know what to do differently the next time. That's really all it is. It doesn't, we make it so much harder on ourselves than we really have to be. So if you do overeat, do all of these things, like take a, take a look at what happened, get really clinical about it. And then in the moment, you know, there are little things that you can do, like go for a walk. That's actually really, really great. Even if you want to take a nap, I promise you will feel better after walk and then you can nap. <laughs> but going for a walk is super helpful. Not only does it help with your blood sugar levels, but it's just going to help you start to digest the meal as well. Even just the fresh air will make you feel better. So going for a walk is really, really key. If you can work out the next day, assuming that we're talking about overeating at dinner like the night before, if you can work out the next day, great. That's awesome. Even again, if it's just something really minor, you don't have to go like balls to the wall here. Like it, just do some simple movement. And that will really, really help your body. It will de-stress you as well. It's really, really great to do. And the other thing I always like to do, I often keep kombucha on hand. I often keep kombucha on hand anyway, but especially during the holidays, it can be really nice to keep kombucha on hand. And if you, if you aren't familiar with kombucha, it's a fermented tea. Um, so try not to drink it too close to bed because it is like straight tea. So there's quite a bit of caffeine in it. Um, 
So it's a little bit tricky if, if you're eating at dinner, but kombucha in general, it's a fermented drink that really helps again with digestion and it helps if, if you've overeaten, it can just really help to move things through and it'll actually probably give you quite a bit of, of relief. It's really, really nice. It's all different kinds of delicious flavors too. Kombucha is popping up everywhere. So it should be at any of your local grocery stores, um, no matter where you are. It, there's, there's kombucha all over the place now, which is awesome. So that can be really, really helpful as well. And then just hydrating in general, you know, making sure to drink lots of water that night, the next day, all of those things, that's really going to help, um, help you clear things out if you have overeaten. There's a couple more things I want to cover here that are maybe a little bit less conventional, but I think that they're just as important to thriving throughout the holiday season. One of them is forgiveness. And sometimes around the holiday, you can end up spending time with people that you might have some issues with, but they are family or close friends. And, and, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're kind of being forced to spend time in the same room with someone that you otherwise typically wouldn't not forced. I mean, it's always, it's always ultimately a choice, but you may be in a room with somebody that typically you might otherwise avoid that can make the holidays a lot harder. So one thing that I want to say is to just prioritize your own self-care and preservation because it, that is really going to make the biggest difference. And honestly, taking time for you is even more important when you have even less time. <laughs> it sounds totally counterintuitive, but even if it's just five minutes of, of self-care, whether it's like meditation or a walk around the block or a quiet cup of tea, I don't know, journaling, stealing a moment away with a book, whatever that looks like for you, prioritizing your own self-care, even if it's only for a few minutes and even in the busiest time of the year is going to be incredibly helpful. It's just going to allow you to tap into what's going on with you and to just be more mindful in general. And that's especially important if you are having some issues around forgiveness. That can be really, really key. The other thing you can do, I mean, I mentioned journaling about self-care, you know, use, use it, use that time to journal about some of the issues around forgiveness or that particular person or situation that you're having trouble with, you know, journal about that. You might be amazed at what flows out of your pen. Even if you go to sit down and it feels like you have nothing to write, just write, see what comes out of your pen. Truly. It, it, I, I still sometimes I'm shocked at either the wisdom or the ridiculousness that comes out of my pen sometimes with my journal and it can go either way. <laughs> and it can just be a really helpful exercise to move through to better understand your feelings around a topic. And that can really help you to get through it as well. The other thing that I want to mention is to refer back to uh, episode 24, all about victim mindset. And that also really plays into what I was saying before about we can't control what others are doing, but we can control ourselves and not being a victim. I think actually plays a really crucial role when it comes to forgiveness. And there's all kinds of different situations out there. There's, there's so many different things that, that maybe require forgiveness given, um, depending on your situation, but also forgiving yourself 
too. And then this ties into what I mentioned before about like overeating, you know, forgiving yourself for overeating. It seems so basic, but it's a big deal. That's a really big deal. I, I talk to women every, every day who, who can't let go of the fact that they, they don't like where they are. They don't like their bodies. They don't like what they have done to get to where they are right now. They are having trouble forgiving themselves for not being able to feeling like they're not, they're not able to function around food without overeating. Like all of these, all of these emotions can come up. So it's not even necessarily forgiveness of someone else. This might be about forgiveness for you. So that's really important to remember because I mean, especially this time of year, you know, I want you to be able to enjoy it. This is like kind of circling back to the beginning of the episode. I want you to enjoy the entire process. And yes, the holidays can be very stressful, very stressful. And, and it, it's again, really dependent on you as an individual and your particular situation or circumstances. But there can also still be a lot of joy in the season, even if there is a lot of stress. So I hope that this is going to give you some ideas about some things to maybe think about leading up to the holidays. And I wanted to make sure to, to release this episode so that you had a little bit more time to, to think about it. Um, I'm here in Canada, so we already had our Thanksgiving, but I know American Thanksgiving, if you're listening to this in real time, is uh, in just over a week. And then December rolls around and, and there's all kinds of other holidays and festivities. And I just really hope that this helps you to navigate those waters and to really tap into what is working for you, what isn't, and how to handle yourself in various situations. So hopefully this has given you a little bit to think about, but I would love to hear some of your thoughts, maybe your ideas. You have little tips and tricks around the holidays. I would absolutely love to hear it. So if you can um, screenshot this episode or just DM me on Instagram, I'm over at Emily Goff Coach. That's G-O-U-G-H. Uh, it's like cough with a G <laughs> and make sure to send me a message because I'd love to hear from you on this. And honestly, the, the more the merrier, like if we can get an entire conversation going, there's also the room to grow podcast, Facebook group. Um, I'm going to be having a conversation going in there about all of this as well. So if you want to hang out with a, a community of just the most amazing, like non-judgmental women, group of women on the internet, please come over and find us uh, again. That'll be linked up in the show notes. And I would love to hear from you on this because there's just a lot uh, to consider during the holidays. And I want you to thrive. I don't want you to just survive the holidays. I want you to actually thrive throughout them. So hopefully this has given you some things to think about. And I can't wait to hear all of your suggestions, or even if you just want to share maybe a favorite tip that, that works for you really well. I'd love to hear it. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.